There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows that used to be on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode six of season five of The Expanse. Holy shnikes. <laughs> That's an understatement. Oh, man. This, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't even know where to start. I know. Because <laughs> so much stuff happened, and I'm just like, okay, seriously, what is this? What is this? What is this? Yeah. <sighs> Very heavy Naomi and Amos episode, that's for sure. Yes, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. But it's like so much stuff was happening. My, I felt like my head was spinning, and that wasn't just because I was sick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they uh, are definitely packing in just every bit of they can to get this story told. Because man, the only people we didn't see was no. I think we even saw Drummer. So yeah, we saw yeah. everybody in this episode. <laughs> Yeah, this one and everything. But yeah, I I think it was last episode. I'm like, how are they going to fit in the last five episodes everything to kind of close this season? Right. And they're packing it in. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm like you. I don't know how they're going to get this season resolved in any way. Oh, I'm I'm not sure they will, but they're packing in the information. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> so why don't you take us away and jump head first? All right, episode six, Tribes. Holden and the Rossi go on the hunt. Amos and Clarissa seek shelter on a devastated Earth. Bobby and Alex fight a desperate battle. And Marco makes Drummer an offer she can't refuse. And Avasalara returns to a position of power. Yay! And that's where we're going to start is <laughs> with Avasalara on Luna. And we see her sitting alone in her office. It appears she's been crying as she still haven't received a message from her husband, Arjun. And they haven't said anything about her daughter yet at this no. point. And I'm like, oh my God, did she lose her whole family? Yeah, I kind of have a feeling she did. Then in walks a man named David Pastor. Initially, he was in charge of transportation in the Earth's parliament. But since... Secretary General Gao's unfortunate plane crash, he's now the Secretary General of the UN. Well, that's quite a jump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially when he's like, yeah, I only got into politics because I didn't like the way the transportation issues were happening where right. I live. <laughs> it had nothing to do with, I'm going to be in power someday. Right. He looked so frightened. Yes, absolutely he did. Yeah, because he reveals that he's not exactly qualified 
qualified for this role, and he wants Avasalara on his provisional cabinet. You know, for a moment, I thought he was going to say, I want to put you in charge. Yes, I was kind of had my fingers crossed that he would say that, but not yet. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens in the very near future, though. Oh, yeah, I can see that happening. And the good thing with him, though, he had mentioned that he knew... Her husband, Arjun, right. uh, taught at Columbia, right. and that he'd do whatever he could to help try to find him. Yes. And at this point is when we find out that her daughter is at, and her children are actually on a shuttle to Luna. Right. So she at least is not gone. Yes. We don't know how badly hurt at her or any of the other family is, but the fact that we still don't know about Arjun, it has me on edge. Right. Oh, absolutely. Now she asks him for a minute and tries to pull herself together. We see her necklace. You know what? What? Yeah. I did not realize until she starts to put her jewelry on that she wasn't wearing it. Right. Because those are such huge statement pieces that she always wears. Yes. And almost like it's a shield for her. Right. Yeah. It's and I didn't even symbol think about of power. That. Yeah. I didn't think about that until like you realize she's not wearing it. Right. Because you get so in the moment. Yes. And then what you were about to say that I cut you off. I'm sorry. This <laughs> this hurt. Yes, it did. You could tell that she was still just almost to the at the point of just giving up and completely broken, but she tries to pull herself together and Puts her necklace back on, even though the hands are just barely operating properly. As she gets pissed that she can't get it hooked. It's one of those things because I am so like taken by this character. It's kind of like, of course, my own opinion. When you see somebody that you've admired for so long and something happened, they're in a horrible accident or they had surgery and they can't do stuff or they're just so sick they can't do anything for themselves. And you're like, oh my gosh. Right. Like the mask was pulled off and you've seen the reality. And when she's just, yeah, trembling, just that, that bit. It's like, holy crap. Yes. We have not seen this. No, not from her ever. And it's just so strange. And it just, it hurt because yes. you're like, wow, I never expected to see this. Right. So I know I, I, I went really deep there. Sorry. Christina's. <laughs> statement a few episodes back that Avasalara kind of feels as she's the mother to earth really kind of comes out right here because you see that she is just as devastated as the earth is mm -hmm. so nice call on that one Christina so we'll move over to Tycho Station where we see Holden is still aboard the Rossi the sabotage reactor situation seems to be under control so now the crew is ready to launch. Bull and Holden are both taken back to find Monica joining the fray with a large backpack in tow. That must be yeah, everything kind of she funny. owns. <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to stay on Tycho either. It's like, I don't know who's coming for me. That's right. And Holden asserts that the mission is a militaristic one and not for civilians. But Monica puts her foot down by stating there could be a Naros followers on the station. And that convinces the pair to let her stay. Holden heads back to his office to find a new message from Naomi with the subject line alluding that things may go awry. 
And again, I'm like, wait, we're not supposed to see stuff like this? Well, no! very first, from the first episode, when <laughs> Naomi left that message for Holden, he's now, just now, finding it, one of the two. Still not prepared for this. No. <laughs> yeah. And we check in on the Razorback as Bobby and Alex are floating aimlessly in space, but safe and sound aboard the Razorback. So, that's good. Yeah. Until (laughs) we see one of the Belter ships approaching and getting ready to board the Razorback. Because they are none too happy. Now, of course, as they extend their little docking bridge across, Bobby emerges in her power armor to blast all the intruders, while Alex jumps over and plants a couple of bombs on their ship. I was like, what is happening? Yes. Because it, it didn't click at first. Right. Because when, yeah, Bobby, like, is there all of a sudden, it's like, wait, what? And yeah. wait, where's Alex? And then you see him on the top, and it's like, oh my gosh, everything's happening at once. Yes. <laughs> and loved how Bobby was just holding on to that bridge for everything oh, she oh. had. Your arms and shoulders start to hurt, because I swear yes. mine did. <laughs> yes. Watching, I'm like, Oh, I need some ibuprofen, please. Yes, <laughs> like, that felt like a separated shoulder. Oh my god! Real fast. Yeah, I can't keep holding it. It's like, how the hell are you holding it as it is? <laughs> exactly. And of course, we see Alex have to jump back across to the Razorback, and oh god! And again, heart palpitations. Yes, because when it goes away, it's like. <gasps> Yeah. He's not going to make it. Yeah. This show this season is messing with my health. Yes. <laughs> my heart can't take it. No, but fortunately, he does make it, and Bobby gets him back in, and they get away just before the Belter ship explodes, and Alex has a few fine words for him. <laughs> oh my god, that was hilarious. Yes. <laughs> because we haven't really seen Alex get angry. Right. <laughs> and he was. Where? So we move on to the pit, where we see Amos and Clarissa stumbling upon what appears to be a temporary military-type base. Looks like they're just out looking for survivors. And, of course, they're trudging through a snowy, windswept terrain. And Clarissa just doesn't want to go there because she doesn't want to go back to prison. So Amos suggests they make their way to Baltimore since he knows people who can help them out. Yeah. When did it become winter? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. What am I missing here? Well, let's see. When well, I don't think we've seen Earth this season. until Well, well yeah, in Baltimore. Yeah, in Baltimore. But it was cold because Amos had a jacket on. Oh, okay. And cloudy. So, yeah, we just didn't see any snow in Baltimore. But, yeah, it did look like it was winter, winter time because he did have a pretty heavy coat on. And then poor Peaches... As they're walking through, she's in, like, some little cheap canvas shoes. Her feet are probably freezing. Right. And they're both, their only coats are the, uh... Oh, the flag. The UN flags. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know 
why Amos didn't go in and get like some supplies or something. You would think. Unless they were kind of keeping people in there and he didn't want to take the chance. Right. And that's probably more like it is that he's not always been one to saddle up to authority. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> he's not like, hey, man, let me get some stuff and I'm going to just keep walking where I'm going. Yeah, that's probably like, mm, no. Yep. So later we see him walking through a snow covered forest and Amos comments that he didn't know so many trees could exist in one spot. And so they talk about trees for a bit, as this is a conservatory, and actually Clarissa's father started it, or was a big player in getting it started. Which I thought was weird. Yeah. Because he just didn't seem like a conservative a kind of type. Guy. Yeah, no. Yeah, he, every piece of land good. has got to be used to make money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which kind of had me thinking, hmm, what yeah. else is he doing here? Exactly. But maybe that's just because they've showed us the worst part. So maybe this was back when he was a little more, I'd say, good guy. Yeah. That's the best I can say a about it. less obsessed with power. Yeah. So Amos finds a dead guy, and he snags the coat and shoes, puts the shoes on, and puts the coat on Peaches. And they walk for a little while longer until they run into a lone traveler's makeshift campsite. And you go, this probably isn't good. Oh, so I was 100% with Amos at this point. Right. Because yeah. we trust nobody. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. This will be horrible. If anything ever happened, I'd be so screwed because I'd be like, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. Yeah. I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this lone traveler warns them of traveling to the south, especially considering the chaos caused by Marco's space gift. And additionally, the man urges them to steer clear of a survivalist that shoots folks on sight when they so much as step near the border of his home. And after sitting for a brief spell by the fire, Amos and Peaches leave. Now, Did you think that the guy at the campfire was the one who uh, was shooting people? Because I did. <laughs> it wouldn't have surprised me, but Amos was smart not to stick around very long. They just barely got their toes warm, mm -hmm. and they were back going. Now, while Amos keeps watching to ensure that this traveler isn't following them, he imparts a piece of solid wisdom. The thing about civilization is it keeps you civil. Get rid of one, you can't count on the other, he tells Peaches. I thought that was interesting because it's something like everybody knows, but nobody said. Right. And so it's just one of those back of your mind kind of things. And when he said it out loud, Peaches looked a little... Like confused, like I can't believe you're saying this. You right. know, that can't be true. Even though she was in prison and seen everything that happened there when the prison collapsed, basically. Right. Like it still wasn't something she was thinking about. No, that's not her point of view on anything because she didn't grow up the way Amos did. Mm -hmm. She grew up in the lap of luxury, so this was definitely a totally new concept to her. Well, the traveler isn't following them, so Amos wants to head to check out this survivalist. And later we see them standing on the perimeter of this bob-wired fence area. Inside it, we see a small house, and Amos hops over the fence and tries to convince the man to put the gun down. Amos wants to make a trade. He has a water recycler that he'd like to exchange for a rifle, because it's hard to hunt in the wilderness without one. Good yeah. idea. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. He 
He doesn't have a recycler. No, he doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, it just took a second for it to be like, wait a sec. No. Yep. Now, at this point, I thought it was interesting because the guy is like, why don't we just take it from you and blah, blah, blah. And Amos is like, listen, guy, we're not those kind of people. And they kept showing the sun. Right. Not the sun in the sky. The the kid who's supposed to be there with the other gun. Right, in the window. And when they like zoomed in on it, I don't know if that was supposed to be Peaches looking really hard or Amos or what. Because the way the ice was on the tip of the gun. Right. I'm like, they're trying to tell us something. And I didn't realize what it was until <laughs> everything happened but i'm like oh (laughs) but when the guy's like i need to know you're not armed strip it's like what yes it's freaking cold out here (laughs) but amos is like all right just zip yeah and just like throw in his clothes like maybe you want those a little closer right just saying (laughs) yes And then we get a flash of Clarissa's eyes as they bug out, and she's over the fence and attacking the survivalists with lightning speed. I'm like, where the hell did she come from? Yeah, she was back in the trees. Right, and not doing that great. 50 feet from the fence. Yeah, she was... Not doing well at all. She had to stop and sit and rest. But in the blink of an eye, she shoots him dead. And of course, Wait, Amos did she gets- shoot him? I thought she pulled him apart, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, it just seemed like the hands going. I'm like, did she just kind of like claw him to death? What? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of, you would think that if she did shot him, when, well, I guess if it was a, a real shotgun, then yeah, I could see that shooting him like that would- Leave Amos almost completely covered in blood. So I think she did shoot him with his own shotgun. Of course, she collapses and Amos carries her inside the house. I guess her activating her mods really takes a toll on her. Yeah, that was pretty messed up. Yep. So later, Clarissa wakes up after a nice little nap, and she reveals that every time she enacts a mod, it leaves her weakened in the moments after. Okay, now, I don't remember us seeing her have this problem before. No, I don't either. I wonder if it's something that's happened since she's been in prison. I kind of have a feeling it is. Although she did say, like, you know, the consequences weren't something she was thinking about before. Right. But, yeah, it's... I just don't remember them showing it. Right. Unless, just like everything else, they just never showed us that moment. Yes. Now, she didn't think about the consequences at the time, only revenge. And she divulges her fears to Amos. As she spent a lot of time reflecting on her past, the dark moments especially, she wonders whether going out of their way to kill a man for his belongings was something a good person would do. And Amos believes that Holden would be against everything that unfurled during Clarissa's rampage, and he realizes that he needs to get back to his crew. I am so glad Amos says this. Yes. Oh, man, I'm slipping the wrong way. I need to get back to them. Right. We need you back. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. So we go check in on the Pella. And Uh. Marco is irate because Naomi secured access to a comm and warned Holden about the Rossi's reactors. She is just pissed. Mm Mm-hmm. He demands she be spaced, and Philip and Sin are not about that. 
Oh my gosh, I can't believe. I, I need to know who the hell Sin is, really. Yes, because he explodes and demands Marco space Naomi himself if he really wants it done. So yeah, and there right is there. something about that relationship that is not just Sin following a leader. Yeah, and then just Marco's like, whatever. Right. It's like, oh, okay, so you're not willing to do this, but you're going to have everybody else do your dirty work. Oh, absolutely. Which basically means he's either got, still has feelings for Naomi, which would be a little hard to believe, but I guess it's still possible, or he's just not one of those dictators that enjoys doing the dirty work. We'll see. He wants you to do it. Yeah. And of course, he asks Philip what he wants to do, and Philip urges him to let Naomi be. So, of course, those two storm out, and we see Carell stopping Marco, telling him that she'll send Naomi out the airlock herself if need be. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. Carell would be more than happy to do that for Marco. Yeah, if you really wanted it done, all he had to do was ask me. It's like, I have a feeling that there would have been a fight and Krell would have been floating away. Yeah. Now, later on, we see Philip paying Naomi a visit. And he tells her she's going to pay for what she did, which means that Holden and company are safe. And she tries to convince Philip of Marco's misdeeds and his overall slimy nature, but the boy is having none of it. No, he has bought into everything because that's all he knew. Right. Absolutely. Now, later on, we see Drummer agreeing to meet with Marco and Oksana is worried Drummer will make rash decisions regarding Marco's discussion since she lost Ashford and Fred Johnson, which, yeah, I think I would be a little concerned myself. So she accompanies Drummer as they board Marco's ship. Marco warmly welcomes Drummer into his war room, which... <laughs> nice dig by Drummer, mentioning, what, no golden throne? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the fact that he's, like, so happy and, like, smarmy when yeah. she's there, I'm like, oh, oh. You need Absolutely. to be punched. Yes. He tells Drummer and her crew that his plan to expand the belt's agriculture may take 10 years to fully implement, but in that time, they'll far exceed Earth in that respect. And of course, he mentions the Ganymede station to do this. Well, they're going to have to take over that station, aren't they? Because last time we saw it, our buddy was going back to rebuild. So that's not a belter station. Wait a second. I thought that one was the one that the protomolecule took. No. Oh, my. Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I, it's like all of the stations are running together in my I head. I know. <laughs> wait, which one? But yeah, got yeah. it. Ganymede had the glass covering. Yes, that was where all the plants and stuff were. Right, exactly. Yeah, okay. I got it. Now, Sorry, guys, I'm slow. <laughs> <laughs> it was a convincing speech and oozing with Marco's signature charisma. Uh, yeah. <laughs> puke. And Sorry, Christina. Still, I can't get behind him. Uh. No. And he wants to team up with Drummer. Yeah, I don't believe that for a second. Oh, no. Now, Marco is rallying separate Belter factions to his cause, namely Black Sky and Golden Bow. And he's successfully uniting the belt into one singular entity, something that Anderson Dawes and Fred Johnson only dreamed of doing. Yeah, except I feel like everything that 
that drummer and her crew end up talking about, which we'll get to, yes, is 100% why they are being united. Oh, absolutely. It has nothing to do with Marco being this great leader. Nope. It's, yeah, you know what? We are 100%. Screwed. Yes. We are <laughs> so all going to be the enemy. Yep. We have no other choice. And Marco urges Drummer and her crew to ponder his offer. Back on Drummer's ship, we see our Belter family debating the merits of joining Marco's revolution. Protections for starters. A united belt. Drummer is naturally hesitant. He killed two of her most beloved friends. However, she's ultimately overruled. And we see her return to Marco's ship. She trades one of her own for one of his. Corel, oh, no less. Wait, didn't they send two of drummers over? No, it was just one. Was one it guy. just one? I, oh, I thought it was two for some reason. No, I think Osaka, that- Osana went with her, but only the guy stayed. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, when they get Crawl. Now, here, I thought that was interesting, since Crawl was so willing to do Marco's dirty work. Yes, why would he give that up? Unless he's he- thinking something else. Okay, what do you think? Because I was thinking he did it to get her to do something to Drummer. That like, is a, yes, I agree <laughs> that he had her be the one go over there because he doesn't trust Drummer as far as he can throw her. Although I totally feel like Drummer's going to be like, hey, go check this out for me. Space. Yeah, space. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oop. Yes. And these are tributes, as they are called. That's how we knew that the other two factions were already in because we saw members of their factions on Marcos's ship. And all I can think of with tributes was the Hunger Games. Yes. I'm like, well, this isn't good. <laughs> so Marco introduces Philip to Drummer and reveals that she's good friends with Naomi. Boy, just talk about digging the knife in deeper and deeper. Oh my God. Yeah, it's like, here, here's a whole bunch of salt. I'm going to just dip you in it after yes. I cut you 10,000 times. Yes. And they work together on the behemoth. And Philip almost lets it slip that Naomi is currently their prisoner. Okay, I think Drummer figured that out quick. Oh, yeah. I, as soon as she saw Philip, she was thinking, is Naomi here? Well, I think because Marco's like, oh, yes, tell Naomi, blah, blah, blah. And then right. when Drummer's like, do you want me to tell your mother anything? He's like, I can just tell her. And she's like, just that minute change in her stance and like her eye. Right. So she knows. Yes, absolutely. She knows that Naomi's on that ship. And I think she's going to try to figure out what to do. And that's like immediately she's like, well, now I'm screwed because crawls on my ship. I got to figure this out right uh, later we see philip bringing naomi a steaming cup of coffee assuming and he sits down beside her and asks her what it was like working on the behemoth entering the rings and illus and we see marco watching them on video but his attention to their conversation is interrupted by noticing that the zemea is now being followed but he looked like he was chewing glass oh yeah He's like, how dare he go talk to her? And learn that she did something good. <laughs> so, man, what an episode. Mm, that was so good. Yeah. And like I said, so stressful. Yeah, yeah. We still don't have anybody safe. <laughs> and that's disturbing a 
whole lot. Yes. But we do have some feedback. And first up is our friend Fred from the Netherlands. So let's hear what he thought about the episode. Hello, Steve, Sean, and all listeners to the Fangirl Zone. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for DX Bombs Season 5, Episode 6. Okay, I'm happy that one of, or actually two of my predictions and wishes came through. In one of the previous podcasts, I predicted that James Holden just would take the Rosanante. It only took one episode extra. What was wrong is that I chose that he would go for Naomi, uh, but obviously he is going for the Semea. And another prediction I did, or actually wished for, is that Monica Stewart would go along. And I said in a previous podcast, she always will go where she can get a good story. And that's exactly what happened now. And I like Anna Hopkins a lot, so I'm very satisfied. I also predicted, but I'm not the only one, that Avicerola would take a role again in government. And I have to say, this one minister that remained gave me a little bit the feeling of the designated survivor. And I think it's a very good thing that he recognizes his own shortcomings and asks Avicerola for help. I think people with a bigger ego wouldn't do it like that. There are a lot of people with no experience in politics that still think they can do it without advice. I don't want to call any names here. Avicerola will call the shots quite quickly. Unless she will get a kind of competitor somehow. You don't know which other people this incapable minister asked in his cabinet. I have one nitpick about Amos. When Clarissa shoots this guy, Amos is full with blood. But when he carries her into the house, he's completely clean, has his shirt on. Okay, he could have done that on. But getting all the blood out of your face so quickly, uh uh-uh. And I think his priority was to bring her in the house, not taking a shower first. And talking about Amos, I think he's not worse now. Perhaps even a little better because he is taking care of Clarissa. Which he does quite empathic as far as he is able to do that. He has typically to ask how people feel or if they are doing well. I loved the power play scene between Drummer and Marcos Inaros. I think Drummer is in a very difficult position. I think Drummer will shoot first. I found it or bad writing or bad acting when Philip gave away the fact that his mother is on board. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Well, as always, we really appreciate your feedback, Fred. A nice call on Monica being on the Rasanati. Kind of figured that would happen as well. And yeah, he's not going after Naomi yet. <laughs> I won't yeah, say Yeah, I still that, think that's up in the air. Yeah, they may start after the Zemea, but that may not be in where they end up. <laughs> And with all the blood being gone, I just kind of assumed, like, as he was putting his shirt on, he kind of wiped some of it off. But, I mean, obviously, continuity, they probably didn't get it the same every time they had to reshoot something. Yeah, Uh, I think I'm with you, though, about Drummer. I think Drummer's the one that's going to do something bad first. Although, technically, Marco already did something bad by sending all over there. So, I don't know. You can go either way with that one. Yeah, and we mentioned it when Amos said he really needs to get back to his crew. That's where 
you know that he'll do what he needs to do to survive, but he doesn't like it as much as he did once upon a time. So I guess we'll see how that pans out. I still think he's going to have to revert back to his old self for a while just to get off Earth. Yeah, I believe that's going to happen. And let's see. What else did he mention? Oh, Avatlara. Yes. Yeah, I kind of figured she'll be calling the shots, too. (laughs) Yeah, I believe that's true. And yes, it was nice that the guy in charge actually realized that he's really not uh, (laughs) cut out for this. (laughs) So we shall see. Yeah, I do. Uh, We even mentioned it on on the podcast that we thought that Avatlara would be back in charge in no time. Well, as always, Fred, what? Here's hoping. Yes. Well, as always, Fred, we appreciate your feedback and can't wait to hear from you again as we only have four more episodes left. Thanks, Fred. And we are not alone with our feedback again this week. We have something from our good friend, Miss Christina. Hello, it's Christina again with my feedback for episode six entitled Tribes. We saw quite a few tribes this week. We have Amos and Peaches, who are a tribe of two. However, one is starting to lose or they are realizing they may be slipping back into some habits and need to get back to their crew. I like their storyline, them getting to know each other a lot more. I love her doing the poem as she did do poetry in prison. And that is part of the books. On the Pella, Marcos is trying to be, I keep saying Marcos and his name is Marco, but he's trying to be sneaky by pulling one over on Drummer about Naomi being on that ship. But alas, Philip can't hold water because he's still a 15 year old child and it does not know these chess games that his father is playing. And it's all his fault anyway, because he called himself being smug, bringing up to drummer Naomi in the first place, because he just could not resist the dig and saying how she left her on the behemoth for the inners, but wasn't expecting that comeback from drummer who isn't bitter that Naomi left her and realizes that her actions saved the entire galaxy. So point for drummer, negative point for Marco. He gets really angry at the end though, while he's watching mother and son talk about the behemoth and he's doing something with the Chuck Smoka. It looks like he's sending it to intercept the Zemea. That's not good because he's already, fe- he's already feeling really crappy about Naomi right now because Sin got all up in his face. She tried to kill him. <laughs> Wondering how he knew she tried to kill him. He actually found the knife. If you, it's a really quick scene, but You see him playing with the knife when they toss her in the cell of last episode. That's how he knew. Oh, that's what you were doing on the bridge. She put two and two together. Then they are like, well, it's Naomi. So we're not going to kill her. We're going to spare her life. And then Sin basically said, I will put hands on you if I need to. And then poor Phillips, like, I've never seen you two like that. And he's like, it ain't the first time that we came to blows. And he's like, I come from a broken home. That was what his face said in that elevator. I really come from some deep, dark, (laughs) insidious background feelings between my parents and everyone around me. And hopefully we will get that story soon. He will get that story soon enough because he needs to know. He needs to know the good, the bad, and the ugly, where it all went wrong. So maybe he can get 
saved in the end though i think his father has some pretty sharp hooks into him but we shall see i really love the fact that he said drummer and associates why did he feel the need to drag oksana and joseph like that i do not know but i'm suspicious of them for some reason they have matching tattoos on their back they're closer than anyone and they consistently seem to be worried about drummer and they're not so against marco she does cave but i have a feeling once she gets some actual confirmation that naomi's on that ship she's gonna want to do something about it and that's probably gonna cause some serious friction between her crew i don't care i want her to come back to luna and be a part of our rebellion whenever we get our act together which will probably be no time soon because i don't have i have the feeling we haven't heard the worst about earth despite it looking all pretty in the forest was a little disappointed on the effect but how in the world are you going to shoot a nuclear winter it's going to be dark and it's going to be a whole bunch of ash but hopefully we get a little bit of indication once they go into town. But that is what that's supposed to be. It's a nuclear winter. It was summer. Now it's not summer. You can't see the sky or you can't see the sun. It's blocked <laughs> by all the debris in the air. And I think once we get to Avrasarala having a meeting, we will get the full extent of just how horribly effed Mother Earth really is. I think I have covered everything I wanted to cover. And I am under five minutes, finally. So forgot to say before hope you're feeling better sorry that you were sick but thank you for the email appreciate it peace oh christina so first of all thank you we'll yeah. start there yeah because there's a lot <laughs> uh, you know what i keep saying marcos that's probably why you keep saying marcos <laughs> but oh god he's so slimy yes he is but is philip only supposed to be 15 i'm assuming at this point he's like i don't know 17 not that uh, that's that much older right but, you know. yeah i was i'm within five years of that or so so yeah anywhere in that 15 to 22 years age range I and mean, i think he looks a little too old to be 15 but he still could be yeah i mean and you know you you kind of look at mark and Naomi and neither one of them are very tall and yet he's already a head taller than his father and it's like okay yeah he looks like Naomi's kid but <laughs> I don't know where the height came from mm-hmm. oh man but drummer laying the knowledge out there even if it was just really quick about the behemoth I yes. thought was great and yeah we be- definitely agree with you on Amos needing to get back to his crew as soon as possible so he doesn't go off off the deep end definitely because i feel like the further away he is the less of an anchor he's holding on to because they are like keeping him right in the storm yes absolutely amos definitely needs holding around to keep him on at least a semi straight and narrow path <laughs> and i still did not notice that marco figured out naomi was going to kill him right i i don't yeah, know how I i'm missing some of this yeah i did i missed that little quick scene too with the knife but philip i think is realizing that his parents are oil and water yeah you would think (laughs) yeah never going to get along yeah it was 
curious that he actually wanted to know about the behemoth, but that could all be an act, too. Oh, don't say that. (laughs) Oh, man. And the whole thing with drummers people about not being against Marco, I think they were just able to see what drummer couldn't because drummer was pissed that we are in a situation that there's, yeah, he says we can go, but we can't. Right. Yeah, that was mentioned, you know. Yeah, and and I think if you add the way they reacted when drummer even brought up the fact that she was considering going after Marco for the bounty. They're just not wanting to mess with Marco at all. Yeah, I think they're just more scared. Right. They're not pro-Marco, but I think they're, well, pro-living. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, they want to try to keep a job and (laughs) have a life. Right. I I think they're just, yeah, really frightened with it. Right. And, okay, is it supposed to be nuclear winter or, you know, essentially that because of the asteroids? Yes. Okay. See, that's why I was like, when did it become winter? And we we said earlier that it was cold, but... Right. Yeah, all right. That makes, I guess, a little more sense. Right, yeah. With three asteroids hitting the Earth, uh, you aren't going to see the sun for years. So, yeah, they're definitely in a nuclear winter now. Oh, man. This is going to be rough, people. Yes, it is. Now, we just recently discovered that if you really enjoy Christina's feedback, you can hear her talk more about these episodes on her own podcast, The Black Girl Couch Review. And she does other shows as well. So head over there and check her out. Yes, because I didn't know that you had your own podcast, Christina. How did we not know this? We will have to do some more collaboration in the future. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for your feedback. Don't forget to check out Christina's podcast. And while you're at it, if you want to send us your feedback, we would love to hear from it. You don't have to do it audio. You can just shoot us an email because we'd love to hear hear from you. You can send it to contact us at fangirlzone.com. And while you're at it, if you check out the website, www.fangirlzone.com, you have our contacts page there. So you can shoot us emails directly or tweet at us or Facebook whatever we're all over the place and while you're at it if you can rate and review us on itunes and every other platform you find us on because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us tell your friends about this show because oh my god you know you want to talk to a whole bunch of people about this god this is so good and this is episode six they can watch the first four seasons and catch up and by the time they catch up with this season this will probably be done so they all have been watched binged watched five seasons and you can talk about all of your theories with them. And of course, we hope you're enjoying our podcast. I know after all of that that I just said. <laughs> <laughs> For this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirlass. And I'm Steve. I have killed, but I'm not a killer because a killer is a monster and monsters aren't afraid. And until next time. <laughs>